On Monday, September 26, 2022, explosions were detected near the shuttered Nord Stream pipelines, which were built to transport natural gas from Russia to Germany and are owned by Gazprom, the Russian state-owned energy conglomerate. Almost immediately, the explosions were attributed to sabotage. Moscow was quick to blame the United States, following a well-established pattern of denial and obfuscation that dates back to the Soviet Union and the KGB. Right-wing pundits such as Tucker Carlson and Dan Bongino were quick to agree, and frequently repeated the Kremlin's claims in the following days. However, based on all available evidence at the moment, it appears that the Russians have once again returned to their policy of state-sponsored sabotage, as documented extensively in the Mitrokin archive, the collection of handwritten notes which were secretly made by Vasily Mitrokin during his 30 years with the KGB. We may never be able to definitively establish who caused the damage to the pipelines, but when one party has an extensive track record of sabotage, lies, and cover-ups, their claims should be thoroughly scrutinized. I'm Griff Somke. And I'm Jay McKenzie. And this is the Did Nothing Wrong Podcast. So, Jay, what did the Soviet Union and the KGB's policies and strategies during the Cold War have to do with Russia possibly blowing up a gas pipeline in the year 2022? Well, Putin, as we know, was and is a KGB man, and he did not have the most decorated or celebrated career in the KGB. Uh, He was kind of a, you know, middling average middleman, but it certainly impacted his worldview and it certainly shaped how he sees the world. And he he can't not be influenced by the propaganda and the way you look at the West and how you deal with, you know, problems in the world. And he is a proud Czechist, which is a common name associated with Russia's intelligence services, but it's also a, it's a mindset. It's a worldview. Right, right. And it's fairly conspiratorial. It's definitely focused on protecting Russia's interests, but Russia is constantly under siege, which was a mentality that that was natural out of the Cold War. But Russia saw sabotage and influence operations and efforts to bring it down during the Cold War coming from the U.S., coming from the CIA. And it also was a good way to explain to your bosses why you screwed up, right? It wasn't my fault. It was the... the <laughs> blame this, the CIA. Blame the CIA. Blame, blame the CIA. And Russia did have this, you know, brief flirtation with democracy in the 90s under Yeltsin, but it didn't last long. His first term was an attempt, and then the second term was he was drinking a lot and not in great shape. And then, you know, by the end of the 1990s, here comes Putin and this this Czechist worldview, this um, emphasis on on Russia's intelligence services and thinking that they know best and they know how to run the country and keep them safe and protect them from the CIA, that went to the forefront. So it's in Putin's bloodstream and part of KGB Cold War mentality and standard practice was preparing for the eventual war with the West. It wasn't a matter of if it will happen, it was when. It is a Cold War and we have all these proxy wars and around the globe between the U.S. and the Soviet Union, right. but eventually it's going to heat up. 
And it's because and it's, the U.S. is the principal adversary, right? And you have, you know, it may be a little hard for people to picture a map of Cold War NATO countries against Warsaw Pact, but you know, you're talking about uh, the Soviet Union, and you've got Hungary and Czech Republic, and you know, remember Germany was divided into two, and then the right. East Germans were had to answer to Moscow and. And in fact, Putin spent some time working with the KGB in Dresden. Yeah. And that it was natural. It was, you know, part of their plan that we are prepared for war with the West. And we are one of the things that they really emphasized was sabotage operations. And when war breaks out, you know, the Russians, the Soviets believed that there would be all these resistance movements in these NATO countries, which I think was a little fanciful, but. They certainly believed it. They believed it like they believed the CIA was behind everything that went wrong. But they set up arms caches uh, in, in various NATO countries. They plotted out, okay, what are the most vulnerable points for this country's infrastructure? Where can we hit them, you know, either at shipyards or oil pipelines or dams rail lines shipping and ammunition depots uh, military bases at points where it would be difficult and and costly and time consuming to fix them because we want to we want to shut down the the power and the natural resources um for as long as we can so they they had all these plans and it, it was kind of at the point where if you were in an embassy in one of these countries, part of your job was figuring out, okay, what, what are we going to sabotage? What's the, what's the best way to do it? Report back to me by Friday, because this is, this is part of your job. So the idea that Russia, that, that has the, you know, this ex-KGB man and this Czechist mentality wouldn't already make all these plans to sabotage uh, oil pipelines, natural gas pipelines, even if it's his own, you know, why wouldn't he? And Nord Stream 1 and 2, you know, at the time that they were hit, neither one was supplying gas to Europe. So it's not like they're even losing any money at the moment. And there's there's no way to know if these conduits for natural gas were ever going to be turned back on. Wasn't looking good. Wasn't looking good. And, and Europe is looking for alternatives. So if you if you're wanting to kind of maximize the pressure on the West and and let us know that you're serious, this is this is what the Soviet Union did and planned for. And Putin has made it very clear that he thinks that uh, Russia isn't just at war with Ukraine. They're at war with NATO. They're at war with the West. And he's very explicitly stated that. So if the KGB made all these plans to carry out these sabotage operations against NATO countries uh, in case war broke out. Well, they think war with the West has broken out. So here comes the sabotage operation and everyone assumes it's the United States. That, that seems a little pres- <laughs> presumptuous. Yeah. yeah, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but that really hasn't stopped a lot of mostly right wing but there are a few ostensibly you know left wing united states pundits that have gotten on this bandwagon and started saying essentially the same things the kremlin is saying about who did this i'm thinking of you know tucker carlson and max blumenthal and dan bengino all these guys just the cia did it all these proud americans who just love their country and without even taking a breath it's the cia it's the deep state mm-hmm. it's my political opponent joe biden who did this because 
reasons because uh, yeah. I'll think of something, right? And there just hasn't seemed to be a good reason that I've heard cited. There have been a few real out of context remarks that people have jumped all over and, you know, use that as a justification for why Joe supposedly blew up the pipelines. But none of that stuff really holds up to any real logical scrutiny. None of those answers are even make any sense. Well, there's, I, I think my favorite so far has been a, a piece. I saw it in Breitbart, but I'm sure at this point it has to have appeared else, elsewhere, but it was, it was them saying that, you know, after the Nord Stream one and two pipelines went down, China offered to send more natural gas to, to Europe. And, you know, they don't, they don't say it explicitly in the piece because they're trying to be subtle, but, you look through the you look through the comment section and it's all about, you know, the big guy, Joe Biden, and we're going back to Hunter <laughs> Biden's laptop and it's the big guy getting his ten percent cut and this is all about Joe Biden being beholden to China and it's not even about Russia. They blew this up so that Joe could do another favor to China and get his ten percent. Careful reaching that far, you're gonna hurt yourself. <laughs> so there's I mean, there's other stuff. Like they've said that well, Biden wants World War Three, and so he's just trying to push us further. I've seen some that they were saying this is just Joe Biden doing a favor to the military industrial complex because also he wants World War Three, but he also wants to make lots of money for all the arms dealers. Um, I mean, there's there's other <laughs> there's that, you know, the U.S. is just going to use this as a way to sell uh, more natural gas to Europe but we're we're already offering that. We've already been talking about that. And honestly, it right. it makes more strategic sense to be purchasing your natural resources from your ally rather than your enemy, Russia, who hates you. So maybe that's not such a bad thing. But, you know, and they they've they've cooked up all sorts of crazy conspiracies about uh, helicopters and you know, some guy who maybe worked for the CIA was around there. I'm sure that's that's got to be out there somewhere. They, they always do that. It's, you know, there was a submarine, there was a boat, there was a Yeah, helicopter. I saw the submarine one. Definitely yeah. a submarine. And, like, supposedly U.S. Navy ships in the vicinity the day of the attacks, and nobody can verify any of this, but here we are. Yeah, and there was even one where they, they used the, the flight radar tracking app to, like, as a source to claim that the, the helicopter was near the oh, explosions. And somebody actually went and looked at it and was like, actually, it was, you know, several hundred miles away. But they right. said nobody's nobody who reads this shit is actually going to check it. So they still use it as a source. Half the people who are reading their articles are thinking that, like, the flight radar 24 Twitter account is actually some sort of official site run by somebody official and that somehow this is evidence of anything. Well, and I'm sure if somebody, if somebody, you know, fact checks it and says, well, it was, you know, 300 miles away. Well, then they'll, they'll either say that the deep state changed Got to the them. information or yeah, the CIA. Yeah. The CIA did it. Well, we'll just, why even, why even go for the CIA did it? I mean, it's always the CIA. I read about it on Hunter Biden's laptop, right? 
that, that hard drive that chem.com gave WikiLeaks and then they handed out to some fucking guy out in Siberia yeah. who found this recover, you know, he recovered some material and it's just ignore the Cyrillic. It's definitely, it's definitely from the original from Hunter Biden's Totally, laptop. totally. Yeah. Okay. So we've got like a whole lot of good reasons why this just makes no sense whatsoever for the United States to have done. Can we say that the United States didn't attack the Nord Stream pipelines? Like, a, do we have any definitive way to say that right now? We don't, but, you know, I kind of touched on this in the piece and it's it's sort of like, well, it just doesn't make much sense for the U.S. to do it. But we can't we can't say much definitively. Part of the problem here is we're not going to have that definite attribution until the credible investigations are carried out. But I do think it's pretty informative that especially the House Republicans like Jim Jordan and Matt Gates, you you know, you also have Ted Cruz over there <laughs> in the Senate stirring stirring the pot. But it is interesting that they're even even the ones that are hinting that yeah, this this sounds like something Joe Biden would do or the deep state would carry out. They're not actually saying, oh, we need to go investigate this. They're saying, hey, we're going to take back the House and we need to carry out all these investigations on Hunter Biden and Fauci Mm -hmm. and, you know, pick a person on the left, right? Maybe we'll find that acid wash uh, Hillary Clinton email server. They're not, (laughs) they're not saying, oh, we've got to also investigate Joe Biden over this Nord Stream attack. I mean, it seems extremely likely that when the dust finally settles, we're going to find out that this was Russia and how they did mm-hmm. it and all the little details. But it's it's going to take a while. And it's fascinating that no country that's investigating this seems to want Russia's help. Yeah, well, it's a big tell. They've they've learned they've learned about that. You know, whether you're uh, Poland with the um, Smolensk crash, Smolensk. In Smolensk. Thank you. Um, yeah, the MH17 shoot down. Russia was very helpful there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the you know Syria and Assad's war crimes and chemical weapons attacks. The Skripals in England. Alexander or Sasha Litvinenko in the UK. I mean, I've read a few books about that, and it's. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they of course, told the media that we're going to be incredibly forthcoming. And, yeah, we're going to make the, the suspects available for rigorous interrogation. And that is that is not the way it worked. And anyone who, who uh, was directly involved said as much. You mean that softball interview on RT was not rigorous investigation? I mean, wow, I'm shocked. <laughs> the scribbles, yeah. They were, they were we just tourists. Too, Gay tourists who Gay are here tourists. to serve cathedrals. <laughs> You're questioning it? What are you, homophobic? <laughs> but it but it is telling that these guys like Ted Cruz and Gates and Jim Jordan, they love to find ways to make Democrats look bad, even if it's mostly made up. But if it's if we're gonna find out that this is definitely Russia eventually, then they're they're probably staying away from this one because they don't they don't like to be proven wrong they don't like to be you know you look at the durham probe that's that's about to finally wind up which has been almost a complete failure but the right has there's just enough information in there for the right to keep spinning it as a win or at least well even if it wasn't quite a win we still found out some things and it was still important to prosecute this guy for uh marking down (laughs) a few things wrong and 
uh, in, in an email that he sent out and all this and guy, he got some probation for that. So, but there's, but th- it's something there's, there's something that they can cling to here. But if, if it gets definitively proven in two years that Russia carried out, you know, these, these sabotage operations on Nord Stream one and two, then that's pretty much a closed book. And so they don't, they don't really want to wade into that if it's definitely going to get proven wrong. And there's, there's no clear win for them you know, looking into this because who there's really only two suspects. It's either the CIA or the GRU, you know, one or the other. Uh, right. Like I'm going to call in the CIA director and, and ask a bunch of questions and the, you know, everyone's just going to kind of look at me funny and be like, I right. didn't do this. So, but if you're a TV guy, if you, if you're one of the, you know, the TV pundits, if you're Tucker Carlson, there's no downside to this at all. None whatsoever. Right. Make all your accusations, implications, you know, push that that line. But, hey, Tucker doesn't have to do anything else. He just says the thing and then goes back to whatever <laughs> white nationalist or Kanye interview that's next. And if you missed the Tucker episode on it, you can catch it on Russian State TV the next morning. <laughs> no, Don't draw no. any conclusions there. Cause Glenn Greenwald will call you names and... <laughs> be upset with you if you do edward snowden is a is a patriot absolutely he is yes he just ain't gonna say what country but you know, he's <laughs> definitely a patriot <laughs> so i think we've established that it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for the united states to have done this but there's a lot of people saying that it doesn't make any sense for russia to have done it either it costs a lot of money to build pipelines why would they do this why would they flush a bunch of money down the toilet by blowing up their own pipeline what what sense does that make well it it did cost billions of dollars or hundreds of billions of rubles i I don't know the exchange rate at the moment to build these things but there are some things more important than money and i think that's what makes russia different than us i think we are really tied to this capitalist mentality that well, we spent money on a thing, so we have to make, you know, use of the thing. Right. And certainly Nord Stream 2 was never operational, but Nord Stream 1 was for many years. And they made a lot of money selling natural gas to Europe. But at the time that the the explosions happened, neither, you know, neither pipeline was, was pumping gas and selling it. Uh, and there was no clear way back, uh, you know, with the, the sort of aftershocks and the sanctions and the bad press of Russia's full-scale invasion. You know, Europe was finally saying, okay, this is enough and we've got we've to pull away from this dependency on Russia. But I do think it goes beyond that. And I do think we, we have to remember that Russia is is not like us and they do not value things the way we do. And they have a more, you know, traditional sense and they see the long view of history and they see when they talk about their orthodox beliefs and what they want the world to look like. They know it's not going to change tomorrow, but they uh, they are clear in making their sort of traditional values be upheld over the long term. And they see the West as you know, tearing that down and, you know, rejecting what they, what they believe in and, you know, want to call it traditional family values and all these things. So I think destroying these pipelines, yeah, it costs them money, but with them gone by the act of Russia actually doing this and everyone kind of knowing it's them, but of course they don't admit it. Of course they muddy the waters and, and blame 
anyone and everyone else. But but even that, even even blaming the West, blaming the U.S. or Poland or Sweden or whoever it is, it's now become an instrument of of hybrid warfare. It's become another you know line of propaganda. It's it was something that was cited by Putin in his speech a few days later when. Russia annexed these regions of Ukraine, which they're currently struggling to hold on to. But it opens another propaganda and disinformation avenue. They lost something, but they can also gain something here. Yeah, and what's that worth? What is it worth to have that threat of, we can hit anything we want to. We can we can scare a lot of people with this particular move. And that's that's not nothing. It's that line between like soft power and hard power. Right. And yeah, there isn't there isn't a, a dollar figure to put on it. And and we in the West, of you know, of course, like I said, it's a it's a capitalist mentality. We put we put uh, dollar signs on everything. Um, and you know, we just we just just don't operate the same way, and we don't view the capabilities of. Um, you know, these sort of hybrid operations, but it, within, you know, a day or maybe even less than a day of uh, the attack on the pipelines, Gazprom put out this statement and and they were kind of, oh, wring their hands about NAFTA gas, which is the Ukrainian state owned natural gas company. And Russia was saying, oh, they haven't you know complied with this agreement. And well, we would normally take it to arbitration in Switzerland, but now Switzerland is in, you know, they are, uh, they've placed sanctions under Russia, so they're no longer a friendly state. So we, we can't go to arbitration court because we won't get a fair deal, but we're being treated unfairly. And if, if they keep breaking the agreement that we've made, then we might just have to turn off the natural gas. We might just have to stop uh, sending this gas through Ukraine to Europe. And, well, you know, if you're looking at this and you're a NATO country, you're, you're part of the government of a NATO country, you say, well, Russia will blow up two of their own pipelines. And gosh, uh, why wouldn't they turn off these two taps, right? What's I mean, they're, if they're capable of the worst case scenario, like you, you think they're not capable of something less? They're crazy. They're crazy. We can't cross them. No, they're just, they're crazy. The other possibility, like you kind of mentioned in the piece, is that the Russians are betting pretty big on climate change, right? They benefit from that, from having the the trade routes through the Arctic, from having the oil drilling capabilities that are going to open up. There's a lot up there that they've wanted, and they've uh, they've certainly made a lot of attempts, and uh, they probably would have moved forward with that a lot faster if uh, they hadn't taken Crimea and and started this war in the Donbass in 2014, which you know was when sanctions started and when it started to become an issue to for Western companies, uh, or at least a bigger issue for Western companies to engage in Russia. But yeah, they they want the those resources in the Arctic, and it's also you know we're looking at this as environmental warfare, which also kind of becomes economic warfare and and the more the more climate change the more that it's hotter in the summer and colder in the winter you know you're you're gonna need more uh resources to you know heat your home or cool your home or just just keep your capitalist economies running and well russia has plenty of gas and oil and of course, they're going to benefit from uh, increasing uh, the prices on all those things. So, I mean, I, I feel like that's probably a secondary desire or outcome, but it's also 
Russia doesn't care. I mean, create an environmental disaster, catastrophe. Why? Because we can. Because it'll cause issues for these Western countries to have to clean it up. It'll disrupt, you know, fishing. It'll disrupt who even knows. I mean, who knows how far they've thought that through. But Well, I mean, they've definitely thought through the idea that climate change is another one of those big issues that people in this country are still pretty divided about. And it's something that they can get us to argue about. Sure. So, sure. It's always about it's always about let's cause some more fights. Let's cause some more polarization. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, there's still that denial of climate change, and and it gets more and more absurd as uh, it just becomes obvious to the world. I mean, you know, you hear it in like everyday conversations. It's maybe it's a little different where you are, but down here in the south, I get, I just, I just laugh when I people say stuff like, "Man, it's." It's really hot and it's just, I just don't remember it being this hot. I just don't, I don't remember it being this cold. I I remember raking leaves with my dad as a kid in early October. I can't ever remember being, uh, it being Thanksgiving and we had any leaves left. I mean, I think it was usually, you know, end of October, maybe early November. But now, you know, where I am in the same city... The first day that they start picking up leaves here is November 1st. Uh, You know, I remember, I remember, yeah, like I remember raking leaves in December last year because there still were a lot that hadn't fallen in November. There were still a lot of leaves on the trees. And, you know, I was just thinking about it. Because, you know, part of it was, I don't remember having to wear this many clothes when I was raking leaves as a kid, right? It right. seemed a lot warmer. <laughs> and then I'm thinking about it and it's like, yeah, because we're, we're like two months later mm-hmm. now. Hey, one of the big things up here that is a big tell for the change is that we have fire season now. We have an absolutely brutal fire season every year now where the air just goes. Seattle used to have some of the better air that you would find in the country and now for like the last couple months we've been dealing with like serious air quality issues here we're getting these articles like when will it stop but it's been this way for probably the past five years where the wildfires are so bad and so out of control again it's october and we've got wildfires burning that are causing all kinds of fun air quality issues this never used to happen yeah i I imagine other parts of the country there's similar stories Mm -hmm. and people can relate but you know, if you're looking at it from Russia's perspective, there are still plenty of people in the United States who are incentivized to say, this is not real. This is not happening. You know, drill, baby, drill, because what climate change, what's that? Mm-hmm. So it's going to get more absurd. It's going to get crazier, but there's still going to be people that are motivated yeah. <laughs> to tell you you're wrong. I mean, they, how many years did it take to finally get cigarette companies to admit that smoking caused cancer? So it is something that we're going to argue about, and it's absurd, and it's maddening that we have to argue about something that we can see with our own eyes. And it's literally some days you can see it with your own eyes up here. <laughs> it's that bad. <laughs> but we, yeah, it's just I just don't remember it being this hot. I'm like, yep, yeah. Get to the next step. Get to the, get to the next one. Um, yeah, it's it's still okay. Russia knows that this is still something we're going to fight about. And man, they love it when we do that. Absolutely. And, you know, the economic aspect of all of this is that 
they're hoping that prices spike for gas. They're hoping that prices spike for oil. People are having a hard time paying their bills, paying their heating bills, filling up the car. And then they start asking, like, so why are we helping the Ukrainians? Why are we sending billions of dollars to Ukraine instead of potentially helping people here at home or people in Europe with their everyday? Yeah, and I and I get it. You know, if you're... If you can't afford your your gas bills and your kids are cold, what do you what do you care about more? Arming Ukrainians or keeping your your family warm and safe and not, you know, not having to check on your grandparents every day to see if they froze to death right. because they can't heat their homes either. So you don't you don't blame people. You get it. But it's also Russia knows that people are going to look out for their own interests, understandably. But yeah, it is going to be another avenue of this hybrid warfare of, yeah, you know, let's let's get our propagandists and pro Kremlin media to go out there and say, yeah, you could heat your home if you just convince your government to stop sending all this aid to Ukraine. You stop sanctioning Russia. You stop making it difficult for us, well, then maybe we can help you out too. You know who's got lots of energy? Russia. Yeah, yeah and we'd love to give it to you, but you're doing these things and we just, ah, man, it's too bad. Just just, just can't, can't do, do it. it. It's just too bad. And so that's, that's going to, as prices keep going up, yeah, that's just going to work better and better. And well... You know, maybe maybe it gets really bad in, in December and then Gazprom, you know, falls through with that threat to shut off those pipelines going through Ukraine because reasons. But yeah, then it, it goes from right. bad to worse. And if you're already struggling and, and then you get the news that, oh, prices are going to go up another 30 percent. Yeah, you'd, you'd be pissed. And there's probably going to be some protests that are popping up that Russia is also going to amplify and get their people on the ground and get their people talking about it on social mm -hmm. media. So it's going to work. I mean, it is a question of how much is it going to work? And I, I certainly don't think we should stop arming Ukraine, but it's also something that that we need to be ready for because it's coming. So you talked about this in the piece and we, we touched on this a little bit earlier that we are definitely in a cold war at this point. And whether we want it to be the cold war is kind of irrelevant because this is where we are. And We've got people going around at this point saying, no, it's not a Cold War, it's World War III. So what would you say the difference is between World War III versus Cold War II? And does it really matter what we're calling it? I think it does. I think if you consider how many men and women the United States had to mobilize for the First and Second World Wars, maybe we should consider whether or not we're ready for that, whether we're ready to reach possible nuclear war over Ukraine. And realistically, I don't think we are. And that's not to say we shouldn't help Ukraine. We should. We should keep sending aid. But, you know, if you look at the history of the Cold War, there were a lot of proxy wars, whether you're talking about Korea, Vietnam, or Afghanistan. It was pretty common for, you know, the U.S. or the Soviet Union to go in somewhere and the other side would not directly engage, but kind of engage, supply a lot of aid yeah. and training. You know, the Soviets had, um, <laughs> had their pilots in, uh, quote unquote, North Korean planes during that war. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's safe to say those were proxy wars. And I, I think people are really hesitant to call Ukraine a, a U.S. proxy war. But 
Honestly, you know, you, you hate to help Kremlin propaganda. You certainly don't make their jobs easier, but I think it's also important that we don't deny reality here. It is it is a proxy war. We are sending billions upon billions of dollars in aid, which I fully endorse. But again, it's a proxy war, and the first Cold, Cold War was full of proxy wars. So I think... The Kremlin certainly would like it to like us to call it World War Three because, as you know, as I said earlier, they consider uh, this war to be a war between Russia and the West, and they think that Russia's very survival is on the line. And the more that we do to reinforce that idea for them, the easier it is to sell that idea of World War Three to Russia's domestic television audiences and i i don't think we should do that i just think realistically yeah we're not we're not prepared for world war three and we're not acting like it but is it the second cold war yeah and i think it has been for a number of years i think what kept it cold the entire time was the possibility that world war three would be the one that ends it. Yeah, absolutely. Almost everybody realistic, everybody who, you know, grew up during that era. I mean, I'm I'm Gen X. I came up in the era, the end of all of that. And we were fully aware at that point that World War Three would probably result in the death of just about everybody on the planet. Yeah. And we knew somewhere in the back of our minds, no matter how much we, you know, Reagan said the Soviets were the evil empire, you still had to take that into account that they they had the capability of ending all life on the planet, and so do we. So calling it World War III makes it so much more likely that that ends up happening. I just, that seems like such a bad idea to go around and say that. There's a reason why we never did, like you said, for all those years. Right. And, and I think Biden has, you know, made it pretty clear that he doesn't actually want World War III. I mean, he's really, really been pushing and, and making statements uh, to, the, to the effect of, you know, Putin don't use tactical nuclear weapons, which are, right. they're slightly smaller booms, but they're still nuclear weapons. And, you know, Biden has, has urged Putin not to do it and said it could be, it could be Armageddon. If Biden really wanted World War III, he could get it. Right. It wouldn't be that hard. You've got Putin over right. there saying uh, it is World War Three. So if if Biden wanted it, he could have enforced the no fly zone over Ukraine, which a lot mm -hmm. of people called for and a lot of people wanted. He could put, you know, American troops on the ground, special forces. He, if you go in with the full might of the U.S. military, well, obviously it is World War Three. And I, I don't think he would do that. But you could try to have you know, limited operations or you could try to put it in this narrow scope, but he's made it very clear that we're not doing that. I mean, he's right. And he's, he's also said things like, you know, making it clear that Ukrainians shouldn't use American military aid and equipment to strike directly into Russia. He's, he said, that's not okay. We're not doing that. This is a defensive war. So keep it in Ukraine. Right. And, and even, you know, one thing that we saw recently was the New York Times story about the assassination in, in Moscow of Daria Dugina. And it was you know pretty clear that the uh, the bomb that went off in her car was also supposed to hit her father. The uh, much, much talked about Alexander Dugan, and he only escaped because he switched cars at the last minute. But the, the New York Times story was well-sourced, and it, it said that some elements in the Ukrainian government appear to have, or at least the U.S. believes that they approved the hit on 
Dugan and Dugina. So I think I think stuff like that is certainly, you know, Biden, U.S. Intel telling Ukraine to back off that, you know, that's enough because we certainly want to help Ukraine. But Biden really does want to avoid World War Three. And I think he's as adamant about that as he is about helping and arming Ukraine. I think I think a lot of people have confused that situation and idea. There's a lot of misleading takes uh, that whether it's, you know, Biden, what Biden does or doesn't want. But honestly, I think if you look at it objectively and realistically, he's he's been clear about how, where he stands on this. Right. I mean, some of the rhetoric that's come out, you can say, man, you wish you wouldn't have said it quite like that. But again, Joe Biden. Well, yeah, there's there's always that element of Joe Biden. He's he's going to say some things that he probably could have said better. And mm-hmm. but he's been doing this since he's been in politics. And he is of that generation that understands the risks here. Right. He understands the the stakes when it comes to World War Three. He's been at it long enough that I don't think there's a lot he's doing that's you know unintentional when it comes to this. It definitely seems like back off signals more than anything else, reminding people that, hey, there are real huge consequences to this kind of rhetoric coming out of the Kremlin. This is not a game. This is not a joke. This is stuff that could end up, like I said earlier, wiping out all life on the planet if done right. right. And for a guy who doesn't want World War Three, you, you really think he's going to jump from, you know, those steps to de-escalate to blowing up a pipeline, a Russian pipeline? You think he's going to approve an act of terrorism? I just, you know, it, it is a little... What do our allies think about that when that happens? Yeah, when all these Western, uh, you know, NATO countries have to explain, yeah, well, the gas prices uh, are insane right now and yeah it's really difficult to to heat your home and yeah i guess oh joe biden uh maybe approved this attack on this pipeline but yeah don't don't worry about it it'll be it'll be fine i, I mean that's uh, there nobody's gonna try to make that argument like it's pretty clear that uh the backlash from these nato countries would be quite severe and understandably so um you know we we would be messing with their well-being and their i mean everything i mean you can't you can't run without these these natural resources you can't run your country without natural gas at this point so yeah i mean it it would have caused permanent damage to uh the nato alliance and it's it's not even clear that we could have you know survived it at that point it it would the i mean the level of scandal is kind of off the charts and yeah i mean if you look at it how could how could biden how could the cia expect to get away with this like it's not going to be the 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 kangaroo court version that's coming out of moscow we're going to have real people who really try to get to the bottom of this so it was going to come out eventually and it was it was going to look very bad for us and and also i mean in the in the short term it does give putin those those reasons to uh to say ah world war 3 is upon us i think it's important to remember the difference between the us and russia because the uh the apartment bombings in russia in 1999 <laughs> almost i think almost 300 people were were killed in in the bombings that were later blamed on chechens and used as a a justification for the invasion of chechnya right which you know that did end up you know bringing the chechens to heel and kind of reincorporating them in the russian federation but there was a very distinct fsb footprint to the whole operation and it is it's obviously a pretty taboo uh, topic in russia but there is <laughs> there's very good reason to think that 
Putin ordered those attacks and and the Chechens that were put on trial, it was just a show trial and, you know, they just looked for a scapegoat and, and they found it. So Putin got away with that. And right. Russia has certainly committed acts of terrorism. They poisoned uh, Sasha Litvinenko with radioactive polonium. They poisoned the Skripals um, more than 10 years later in the UK with a nerve agent, Novichuk. So Russia has endorsed terrorism. Putin is probably in the position he's in right now as president because of terrorism that he didn't have to answer for and that he got away with. And uh, the U.S. just doesn't work that way. We we have laws. We have um, safeguards. We have real, credible investigations that go after the truth. We're not perfect, but we're different. Thanks for listening to the Did Nothing Wrong podcast. If you want to hear more, you can go to didnothingwrongpod.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at James the word for and the letter M, all one word, and Grizza BJJ, G-R-Z-A, BJJ, as well as BNW Pod. Thanks again for tuning in, and remember, everyone mentioned did nothing wrong.